You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nahumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday. This is Mata Swine Guest here with you on this uh, hopefully bright day. We'll see how it turns out. It's Sunday, May 12th, 2013, third day in the month of Sivan, 5773. And it is the 47th day in the counting of the Omer, which means that it is the beginning of the Shloshet Yimei preparation before Shavuot, the holiday coming up. This coming Tuesday night, it is Mother's Day here, celebrated in the United States and uh, many parts of the world. Of course, every day is Mother's Day, but it is uh, designated as this special day today. Those of you following Dafyomi, it's the 65th Daf in Erevin, 7.06 in the morning, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, JM Sunday, brought to you each and every Sunday. Live on the stream, nachomsegel.com, jm and the am dot o-r-g. We have a great show this morning, a lot of music, morning chizuk at 7.30, news from Israel at 8 o'clock, and my guest in the second hour, in the 8 o'clock hour, will be noted author and celebrity chef, Jamie Geller. We will be speaking with her about her um, move to Israel and about her life there and the projects she has. And we'll be discussing a couple of recipes that you can use for the upcoming Shavuot holiday, which is a uh, traditionally a dairy holiday, a milchak holiday. So we'll be talking about some recipes that uh, you can try and enjoy. Uh, and uh, we'll be doing that in the 8 o'clock hour, around 8.15, shortly after the news from Israel. So we're going to go to the music here on a Sunday morning. We start off with David Stein and Melech here on JM Sunday. Oi, Zerumashia, Oi, Zerumashia, Umogen, Melech, 
شوی شیر شلوغی او او دیشو بو ما به یار
شیم شب وقتی نالاتا
Thank you, Michal Przanski, for Ashrecha here on JM Sunday. Matas Weingast with you on the 12th day in the month of May, third day in the month of Sivan, 5773. It's the 65th Daf in Erevin, Mother's Day here in the United States. It is the first of the Shlosha Jamei the days before the holiday of Shavuot, which comes up on Tuesday night this very week. 729 Eastern Time, AM. 
on the stream, jmandtheam.org, nachomsegel.com. James Sunday is brought to you by Adorama. It's the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network, located at 42 West 18th Street, New York City, 1-800-223-2500. For cameras, audiovisual equipment, electronics, portable entertainment, iPods, iPads, and more, Adorama Imaging and Beyond since 1975. Official sponsor of the Nachum Siegel Network. Again, their number, 1-800-223-2500. Coming up in just a minute, Rabbi Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk, 8 o'clock, our news from Israel. And then at 8.15, my uh, scheduled guest is Jamie Geller, noted uh, author and celebrity chef. We'll be talking about her life in Israel and uh, a couple of recipes that she has for us for the upcoming holiday of Shavuot. If you want to send me an email, if you have any questions for Jamie, send me an email now at uh, matis at nachamsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsegel.com. You can go to our Facebook page, JM Sunday, like us on that page. Please do so. We're at 90 likes already. We want to get to 100 soon. So thank you, everyone, for liking the page. And uh, if you have any questions, as I said, Send them our way, and we'll get them. Uh, try to get them on the air when we speak to Jamie. So we're here till nine o'clock here on this Sunday morning. We're going to go back to the music right now with uh, Yaakov Shweki and Raoul Banim here on JM Sunday.
like Yaakov Shweki, and uh, now we hear Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, Alazech and Nishmas Harav Zev, Rabbi Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with a morning chizuk. Good morning. The Mefarshim, the commentaries often discuss the trait of ungratefulness. It's not only despised by people, but it's also abhorred by Hashem. The Sefer Achinuch points out that the mitzvah of Kibrav Aim, honoring father and mother, should be obviously intuitive. It's appropriate for one to acknowledge all the good that someone has done for him and then to respond in kind. If everyone will be ever mindful that our presence in this world was effectuated by our parents, then we can easily understand our obligation to honor them and to provide for them. How much is this obligation multiplied because of the effort, the care, and the attention that our parents expend on our behalf? Once a person has achieved this logical mida of hakara satov, appreciating the good, then we will be able to more readily recognize the good that Hashem has done for us. Hashem brings us into this world, provides us with sustenance, imbues us with intelligence, it's unlike the animals who lack wisdom and understanding. Hashem has given man a nefesh maskeles, the intellect to understand our obligation to praise and thank Hashem. The Sefer Chavos Salvavos offers an interesting insight to explain why most people find it difficult to identify the beneficence of Hashem. When one enters the world as a newborn, he is certainly not capable of appreciating the goodness of Hashem. His intellectual aptitude is not yet developed. As the person matures, the goodness of Hashem from which he has been benefiting since birth has become a familiar part of his life. The person perceives Hashem's kindness as a natural event. He doesn't discern the obligation to thank and praise Hashem. It can be understood as follows. A young child is found lost in the desert. The child's benefactor takes him to his home, feeds him, clothes him, raises him, and provides him with all his necessities. When the child matures, he's well aware of the philanthropy of his patron. However, he cannot appreciate the full extent of his chesed. On the other hand, a prisoner who was rescued from an enemy capture, where he was beaten and starved, he's going to feel a lot differently. Although the prisoner is not given much more than his freedom, a fraction of the child's lifetime sustenance, his gratefulness far exceeds the child's. Having experienced hostility and suffering, he more fully appreciates the peace and tranquility that his benefactor has afforded him. The proper observance of the mitzvah of Kibrava Aim promises in the Torah, Arichas Yomim, that an individual will have a long life. Perhaps this is the reason why the Nisayun, the challenge of Kibrava Aim, is so great. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. Sunday, Matas Wine guest with you. Coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes, our news from Israel. wanted to remind you that J.M. Sunday is brought to you by Adorama. It is more than just a camera store. They sell, let's see, cameras, audiovisual, uh, electronics, portable entertainment, iPods, iPads, much, much more. 
Imaging and Beyond since 1975. Adorama, the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network, 1-800-223-2500. Don't forget, coming up at around 8.15 after our news from Israel, my guest will be Jamie Geller, noted, famous author and celebrity chef. She'll be joining us talking about her life, her move to Israel, and some recipes for the Shavuot holiday. It is the third day in the month of Sivan, 12th day in the month of May, 65th daf in Erevin. Today is Mother's Day. And uh, we thank Rabbi Goldwasser, by the way, for that special Mother's Day chizuk that he had on before. Talking about Kibur Avaim. Shavuos is coming up this coming Tuesday night. And uh, today is the first day of the Shloshet Jimei Hagbala, the days of preparation before the Shavuot holiday. So that is uh, that is something to look forward to. Another thing to look forward to tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, bright and early, 6 a.m., Nachum Siegel returns to JM in the AM. And uh, he'll be on Monday, Tuesday. There will not be JM in the AM programming Wednesday, Thursday for Yom Tov, and he will return on Friday. Also, don't forget, the Israel Show comes up at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time on the stream right after JM in the AM tomorrow morning, Monday mornings with uh, Mayor Weingarten. So he'll be having his uh, weekly show, including Mayor Milim's segment. And I want to thank all the subs, including Mayor, uh, who took over for Nachum last week. Nachum was out, and I'm sure he'll discuss that tomorrow morning with everybody. So we look forward to his coming back. We're going to go to a little bit of music, and then we'll hit our uh, news from Israel coming up in just a few minutes here on JM Sunday. Let us <laughs> run in the 
Thank you very much to uh, Mayor Sherman for giving us the Yizku here on JM Sunday, 8.05 in the morning. Matas Weingast with you. That's 8.05 Eastern Time. Here on the stream, jmandtheam.org, nachamsegel.com. We're going to be going to our News from Israel in just a minute with Hannah Levy-Julian, who is a senior correspondent and an editor for the Israel National News English Division. She's a news broadcaster in Israel. She'll be joining us in just a few seconds to uh, give us an update on the news from Israel. And then uh, shortly after that, we're going to be joined by Jamie Geller, noted author and celebrity chef. We'll be talking about her uh, upcoming cookbook. We'll be talking about her life in Israel. And uh, she'll be giving us a few recipes that can be used for the upcoming Shavuot holiday, which begins this coming Tuesday evening. And uh, right now we want to welcome Hannah Levy-Julian to our airwaves, as they were, and uh, welcome from uh, this side of the uh, of the world. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. How are you? Great, great. Thank you. How are you? Uh, Baruch Hashem. Good. I'm What's... awake and uh, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> Excellent. What is our news from Israel today? Uh, we've had a few things going on. First of all... Um, there was an interesting incident yesterday in Israel. Um, the Israeli Air Force shot down a Shoval Heron, uh, a Heron drone yesterday over the Mediterranean. Uh, it was reported as having shot down the uh, unmanned aerial vehicle after an engine malfunction over the sea between Tel Aviv and Netanya. And the, the Shoval is one of the most advanced UAVs produced by Israel. It can identify an object from 300 kilometers away, and it can intercept any object within a few minutes. It was um, it w- made its debut about a year ago, but um, and uh, by the way, the uh, news of this incident went far, as far away as Iran, that uh, also reported it. Um, however, I have to tell you that there are a few uh, security buffs who are also blogging about it this morning, and they are quoting rather highly placed sources saying that there was no malfunction. Rather, there was an unknown hostile force that exploited a breach in the navigation system, and they're saying that uh, someone, and they're not uh, saying who, apparently took control of the vehicle's navigation system. Once the drone became unresponsive, reportedly the Israeli Air Force uh, decided to neutralize the drone rather than have it be captured and simply 
uh, launched flares over the territory to find it. They uh, did locate it and shot it down themselves. Interesting. So uh, it was one of Israel's drones, and uh, for whatever reason, it did not seem to be functioning the way it was supposed to function. And it makes sense not to let the... Uh, the drone got into the enemy, enemy hands, uh, for sure. Correct, and now, and now they've, grown to, they've grounded all the rest of them until they can examine the navigation systems and all the other computerized sensitive systems in the drone and uh, tighten up the security. I'm sure that we, because of the uh, security uh, concerns, we'll find out what really happened in about 20 years, which is fine, by the way. I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I, I mean, I'm just saying that... Oh, come uh, on. Our security is better than that. No, no, no. The, the security is fine. I'm not saying they won't find out. They'll, they'll find out if they haven't found out already. They're going to find out no, very found, No, they found out already for sure. They probably right. found out within three minutes. Right, exactly. Because they would know. Well, I mean, look, you play, you play a video game, and if, and if, it's, if it's going in the direction that you're holding the, the joystick... Or, you know, whatever you're using on your computer, you're going to know something's wrong. So, right. You know, it's the same thing there. Well, I mean, we'll find you know, that out is another story. Right, exactly, where the public will find out. Well, yeah. you know, it's good. This does happen. I mean, it happens to other, you know, countries as well, especially when you're dealing with such sophisticated uh, items that are not under um, human control, at the very, you know, meaning in, in place. Uh, these things do happen, so this is one of them. It's good that they were able to, uh, to catch it and uh, take care of it. I have two other bits for you that are very, very interesting. The first one uh, is that the uh, the social protesters are at it again. They're beginning to protest the austerity measures being taken by the government to try to keep the economy on track. They are planning to uh, cut some things and tighten up the taxes a little bit, raise taxes by uh, 1.5% to consumers and 1% with uh, the corporate level. And uh, ironically, um, Yair Lapid, who was among the protesters, and it was uh, as a result of the protesters that he came into office, he is now the finance minister and having to face them. And he... Uh, ended up on the air himself uh, over the weekend and finally in some frustration said to them, you are protesting against yourselves because if you continue to protest and if I have to raise the taxes higher in the corporate world, I will drive the companies out of the country. If I drive the companies out of the country, you won't have jobs. If you don't have jobs, then what will we have accomplished? You're, just, you're protesting against yourself. It's mushrooms. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, Absolutely. it's a. Uh, it's, it's so I, I found it interesting and ironic that uh, he has now been placed in the position to have the reality check that people tried so very hard to make clear to his movement just a, just a few months ago. Right. So that's that's going on. And finally, um, some really nice, nice news. A beautiful mosaic dating back to the Byzantine era, about 1500 years ago, was discovered in a dig at the Beit Kama Kibbutz in the northern Negev. They found the treasure in an excavation carried out in the fields of the Kibbutz prior to starting the paving in a southern extension of the Trans-Israel Highway, Highway 6. The uh, mosaic is decorated by motifs of, uh, wine caskets and perfume containers. It's in really good condition. 
according to the Israel Antiquities Authority, archaeologist Israel uh, Eagle Israel said that they also found a group of structures, pools, and an aqueduct system. They've preserved it all. It was found just under the fields, actually. The public's invited to come and see this new discovery on Thursday. Remember that in Israel, the Holland Day of Shavuot only lasts one day. So uh, people are invited to come and see it. It's, it's really beautiful. Pictures of it are, are gorgeous. You can see them online at the Israel Antiquities Authority website. So we have a new tourist attraction. Yeah. <laughs> a new, a new vacation spot. Because you, you know, every time they, uh, they begin construction anywhere in Israel, the uh, Israel Antiquities Authority is asked to come in and do an excavation prior to doing any digging, uh, any excavation, any, any construction whatsoever. No one does anything before they first do an archaeological dig right. to make sure they're not going to destroy anything. It's funny because here in the, in the United States, and I'm sure other countries, uh, there's a phone number to call before you do new construction to find out if there are any buried phone lines or gas lines or water lines. Someone comes in and marks all those so that you don't disrupt those. You know, here's like, uh, can you tell me if there are any 2,574-year-old uh, structures beneath us? Uh, that's what it is. You're literally walking on history everywhere you go right. without question, and that's what's amazing. One of the many, many things amazing about Israel, because you really are, it's not just what, what we learn about and read about, but it is what we're, what we're walking on when you're there. It's, it's amazing. That's right. Well, thank there's you very much. There's nowhere to go without walking on history there. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Connor Levy. Julian, you can be reached at the Jerusalem Therapist at gmail.com. You are going to be in the United States for another few weeks, and uh, you will right. be enjoying the holiday of Shavuot uh, here in the United States, uh, whether it's uh, you are an Israeli uh, citizen, so whether you're uh, holding one or two days, that's for another discussion. But right. <laughs> but uh, we wish you a, a very happy uh, Shavuot upcoming. Happy Mother's Day today, since you, you are so here. We're celebrating Mother's Day, so uh, we have right. that. And uh, thanks again. We'll hear from you next Sunday morning here on That's JM right. Sunday. And thank you very much. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Connor Levy-Julian. Here's music by uh, Yisrael Bitone here on JM Sunday. Coming up in just a few minutes, my guest will be Jamie Geller, noted author and celebrity chef here on JM Sunday. <laughs>
Eif Simchas in the background here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you on the stream, jmtheam.org, nachamsiegel.com. Don't forget that tomorrow morning, Nachum will be back on the air, JM in the AM, 6 AM tomorrow morning, bright and early on the stream and on the radio, 91.1 FM. On, uh, on the beginning of the week, for the uh, weekdays, Monday morning, we are here on Sunday mornings with JM Sunday. It is the twelfth uh, day in the month of May, third day in the month of Sivan, and uh, it is Mother's Day. It is Shloshet Yemei a few days before the holiday of Shavuot, which is coming up on Tuesday night. And those of you following Dafyomi, it is Erevin, Daf 65. A couple of weeks from now, a few weeks from now, we'll be uh, making a seum on Erevin. Actually, it's going to be, oh, about a month from now, because uh, Erevin has uh, uh, 100 and, uh, what is it, 105 Dafim, so... Around the end of June, it'll be time for a CM on Erevin. We're going to see what we'll do. Maybe we'll have another CM on the air here like we did for Brachos a number of months ago. So we'll see. Keep it tuned. Uh, like us on Facebook. JM Sunday is our Facebook page. And uh, don't forget that tomorrow morning after JM in the AM at 9 AM on the stream, Mayor Weingarten hosts the Israel Show. So that will be something to listen to, of course. A pre-Shavuos Israel Show on the stream at jmtheam.org. wanted to remind you that JM Sunday is brought to you by Adorama. It is more than a camera store. It's the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network. It's located at 42 West 18th Street in New York City, 1-800-223-2500 for all your electronics needs. Adorama Imaging and Beyond since 1975, official sponsor of the Nachum Siegel Network, 1-800-223-2500. in the morning Eastern Time here on the stream. And my next guest is the author of two cookbooks with a third scheduled for release later this year. She also publishes a magazine and has recently begun a television series chronicling her life in Israel. She is, of course, noted celebrity chef Jamie Geller. Jamie, welcome to JM Sunday. Now, let's hope that you can hear me. <laughs> Are you there, Jamie? Oh, we may not have that connection. It is coming. Where can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Good morning, Jamie. Oh, How are you? <laughs> Good. I was talking about the storm. I was thanking you so much for having me, and I'm so glad you caught me up on what doc we were on today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're following I was that. Wondering. You have to have a recipe. <laughs> you have to have a recipe for Dafyomi. Or we do have a recipe of the day that you can sign up for at com. So you do have a daily something going on. Excellent, excellent. Now, Jamie, you had a, a career before you had a career, and you decided <laughs> that wasn't for you anymore. You picked up and you made Aliyah last year through the auspices of our good friend Rabbi Josh Fass and Nefesh Benefesh. Tell me, before we get to, to uh, the recipes and your cookbooks, what was it like when that decision was finally made? You realized, you know what, we're going to do this, and you knew this was going to happen. What was it like? Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know. You know, we have to backtrack just a little bit. My husband, on our first date, said, you know, he'd always had a dream to move to Israel. And I just laughed at him and was like, you know, then just find someone else because that's totally not my dream. <laughs> I love Israel. Love to visit, you know, but just not to live there. So he worked on me for like eight and a half years. And then 
we always had a goal. When I finally, like a few years into the marriage, got on board and became passionate, you know, close to as passionate as he was about the subject, we kind of said by the time our daughter was going into Kitabet, that would be the time. So that summer came eventually, you know, right before Kitabet, and it was sort of like the do or die time for us. It was just a, you know, a note that we had put on our calendar that just we thought, thought would work best for us. So leading up to it, the whole year, my stomach was turning, and we tried to go many summers before, but I kept, you know, pulling the plug and pulling the plug. I was very nervous, but then when we got to this sort of a key that marker, it, it was it. So um, by now my husband actually calls me in Israel, Balchuva, like I have turned into the spokesperson for living in Israel, so... I guess all things work out well in the end. Well, the whole world knew about your going to Israel because, of course, you're a famous celebrity chef and you're out there in the media in so many different places. So, of course, I guess it was natural that you chronicled, as I said before, your actual trip to Israel. I mean, from the time that you were packing everything up to everything that was going on uh, was out there for the public to see, which, as you said, is a great uh, thing for for everyone in terms of going to Israel. Um, but did it make you feel a little strange that you were on the world stage for this as opposed to the cooking and the books and everything else? It's such a great question. No one actually ever asked it uh, like that to me. And my career before my career was as a TV producer. So I always, always think like visually, and I always think in terms of like, oh, this would be a great movie or this would make great television. So when I we decided to make Aliyah, I read a lot of books like to give me a physical, like anything that's been written about the, the subject. And, you know, because it's a very scary, stressful, like life-altering move. And I have to say, I think it's possibly one of the biggest decisions you can make in your lifetime. And I almost think it's like, I don't want to say it's bigger than like, you know, deciding who you're going to marry, getting married. But that just sort of affects you when you're younger, and of course that's a major decision. But once you have children and you're responsible for so many other neshamos and you're making these, it just it seems so so much more weighty. So um, I read a lot of books for Chizuk, and as I'm reading these books and these stories, and I, I'm getting so inspired and thinking, oh my gosh, like this makes such a good movie. Like I'm seeing it, I'm seeing the goodbyes, I'm seeing the packing, I'm seeing like this, the fear and the humor and everything that happens. And I, you know, called up Nefesh Benefesh because I thought, first I did a quick, you know, Google search, like, oh, documentary on Aliyah. Didn't really see anything major come up. And then I called Nefesh Benefesh and asked them, you know, like, did you guys do anything like this before? You know, have you ever followed anyone in real time? And I wanted to do it, like, in installments, like in episodic television, the same way, like, you would turn in every week to watch your favorite show. This way, like, when we get on the plane, when we pack the lift, when the lift arrives, everyone would see it coming and happening in real time and doing it with us. So a few things. One is this I could never turn back if I was going to do it like this, you know. <laughs> right. My husband would be sure I can't change my mind this summer. And also, I feel like I never ever dreamed when I wrote my first book, which was Quick and Kosher Recipes from the Bride Who Knew Nothing. I thought I'm doing this for new brides who like either you know don't have experience in the kitchen or maybe some busy people that don't have time. I never knew to what extent my personal story, which I shared throughout the pages of the cookbook of, you know, leaving a television career and coming from and, you know, being a new bride, not just in the kitchen, but what that means in terms of, like, you know, just getting married and acclimated to somebody new. I never knew that everything would touch people in such a real way. So it became really, like, meaningful to me that I became known not just for cooking, but for just, you know, the, the you know, about the story and that the whole sort of spiritual journey that I've taken, and I do a lot of speaking about that. So when I made this decision, I thought, like, 
what a wonderful opportunity that I have, you know, people that listen and I have somewhat of a stage, you know, to share things that I'm doing and how meaningful it is to share something. I love helping everyone get it on the table. I mean, that's like my mission and goal. Make no mistake, I'm not minimizing that. But like also to be able to share other things that may inspire people in their lives. Absolutely. So it was really exciting. Absolutely. And now you have a new show called Joy of Israel. And the first two episodes aired over the last few weeks. Uh, there, you can see them on YouTube. You can go to your website, uh, joyofkosher.com, and mm-hmm. you're chronicling and you're showing your new life in Israel, not just the food aspect of it, but as you say, the cultural aspect of it. You do tie food into everything, but uh, you know, I, I thought on one of the episodes you were going uh, tobogganing and skiing. I, I thought at the end of that <laughs> segment it would be a great segue to to like slide in on your skis and then do like an ice cream uh, recipe right there. But, you know, scoop, <laughs> we're done snow cones. Scoop, right, snow. scoop <laughs> up some snow right there and then just, you know, make some recipe. But I, I, didn't, I didn't see that. But what you did do, for instance, is you showed something that I think many people aren't aware of, cowboys and, and, a, and a farm in Israel, <laughs> and a ranch, and uh, with the pokey pot. And, uh, I, well, although I have to say one thing, when people watch that, and I encourage everyone to go and watch the, uh, the episodes, uh, I don't think the cowboys generally have the food laid out on the table so neatly. <laughs> something, something tells me there's a, a little bit, you know, of, of thought going into that beforehand. They didn't just pick it out of the ground, wash it, and then put it into the pot. But yeah, no, no, I did prepare a little bit for cowboys. I think the cowboys are a little bit more rustic with their food preparation. Right, sure. but it, it, extremely interesting episode. You had a uh, another episode where you visited a family, uh, two ladies, and they were making. I think a, a, was it a, a Drew's recipe. Uh, a Kurdish, Kurdish, a, a Kurdish recipe. Now, I, yeah. I have a question on that, and people can go see it so they'll know what we're talking about. But I, you wrapped different vegetables, you stuffed different vegetables, including, it's amazing, you took zucchini, cored them, uh, and then uh, stuffed them. The onions that you wrapped, what did they do to the onions beforehand to get them so soft and not yet break uh, apart? That is a very good question. So basically what they do is they cut the onions, and they remove each layer, they remove it's whole with like a, like you, you slice an onion sort of in half and remove each layer by layer and then you keep them in some water. And like they did that with the cabbage leaves, they did it with the, um, with the onions and that allowed them to sort of be soften up so they were really pliable. You were very, very great attention to detail. Oh yes. Process, and then we were able <laughs> to like stuff it and roll it. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Um, and thank you for that, uh, cause I, I, you know, looked at those things. I'm not a chef. My wife is the, the cook. Um, she did uh, use a few things from your uh, second cookbook, Quick and Kosher Meals in Minute. And as you mentioned, Yay, I'm so happy. you had one beforehand, Quick and Kosher Recipes from the Bride Who Knew Nothing, which uh, is yeah. surprising that uh, you admitted you went into the to the marriage without really knowing what to do in the kitchen. Uh, boiling water, <laughs> I think, was the was the first. Uh, how to boil water was the first recipe. Uh, so anyway, I have a recipe for corn on the cob in the book, and. Some people are like, what, are you kidding? And I'm like, <laughs> I really needed to know. Like, are you doing this for half an hour, an hour? Well, how do you make quarter of the cup? Right, so. right. So and my wife, a few weeks ago, even though it wasn't the, the holiday, she pulled out from the Simchas Torah uh, portion of the second cookbook and made the Mexican brisket, which was excellent. The Mexican Yay, pasta. I love that one, too. And, and the wow. stuffed, uh, I, if I say it correctly, the stuffed poblanos. 
Yes, amazing. So that, that was that was excellent that came out. Everybody enjoyed that. Uh, and you, you guys have, had a little fiesta. Yeah, exactly. And you have a new <laughs> book coming out uh, towards the end of this year. I think you said in time for Hanukkah. What's the name of that book? So that will be the Joy of Kosher Cookbook. And that is like, it's actually 100 of my absolute favorite recipes. And we give ideas for how to dress them up for entertaining and dress them down for every day. So essentially 200 recipes in there, 100 core recipes. They always say like, when you know people are coming over when you're hosting, that is not the time to experiment. Like you want to be able to use like the recipes, they're tried and true ones, the, no, the ones that you know that everyone loves. And it's like a lot of times people like use the opportunity that guests come and they start experimenting with something new, <clears throat> excuse me, and then like it doesn't come out good. Right. So I show you how to take the same recipes that you're going to like serve your family that are easy and simple and quick, uh, that you would serve your family for a Wednesday night for dinner, and how to dress them up with either like a presentation idea or um, a few different added ingredients to add color and flavor to them so that you could really, like, take them out for Yonsef, for Shabbos, and for your most important guests. Right, and I guess it, it doesn't really take, uh, I mean, to do it well, of course, it does take that, but it doesn't take as much to dress up a plate as people might realize. You can dress up something, add a few things here and there, like you say, and the presentation is a like, hundred times better. I always say, in real estate, it's location, location, <laughs> location. Cooking is presentation, presentation, presentation. Very good. And it doesn't take much. It is so simple to add color. Like, you you know, do a chicken instead of, you know, you do your chicken normally in ace, do the chicken whole and put it on a plate with, like, some red cabbage leaves, whole red cabbage leaves underneath it, and it's just boom. It's like a huge flush of color, and, like, when you take a whole chicken to the table, it's so impressive. Interesting. Similarly with salmon. We usually do, like, you know, salmon fillets. Just do a whole side of salmon and bring it to the table on a gorgeous tray. And I have some other ideas for, you know, how to dress it up. I can't give it all away before right. the book comes out. But <laughs> of course. really, it's simple. But, and again, you don't need any skill. It's not like, oh, suddenly you have to become a master chef to do the dress-up recipes. It's like little tricks that I've learned along the way to make myself look good that I'm sharing now with you. Right. Thank you very much. My guest this morning, Jamie Geller, noted author, celebrity chef, a world-famous chef, and uh, we're discussing different recipes, her life in Israel, and uh, the secrets of, uh, of of making a plating look very good. Uh, and, uh, in, and I think your second episode, uh, you were also in, um, oh, I think, was it the second episode of uh, uh, where you were in a falafel place? Um, so it was really good. So we actually shot um, a few episodes in advance that you haven't seen yet. So one of them, we went behind the scenes to this uh, falafel place from uh, uh, that's in uh, all right up of Ben Yehuda, and it's fantastic. I learned how to make money falafel. So we try to really give you like things that you expected and unexpected. I mean, we, we definitely want to hit some of the major Israeli foods that you would want to learn how to make, but like. Which is technically, I mean, it's Israeli cowboy food, but it's actually an African slow cooking stew. That's where that's from. And the Kurdish food that I, you know, made with these Kurdish women, which is fantastic, amazing Jewish Kurdish women who like their dress, their garb, their language, their food is so foreign in my like Ashkenazi, you know, tradition. <laughs> right. It's like something totally, I mean, my parents are from Transylvania, they're Hungarian, Romanian. And like, you know, like my daughter said, like, well, my husband actually said to me, why is she wearing a kimono? Like, their clothing is so different and <laughs> sure. so colorful and so fabulous. And I love exploring, like, new food and new cultures. I think food is an incredible thing that can unify us as Jewish people. 
and I just, you know, different backgrounds, different cultures, different heritage, and I love that, and I love, you know, to learn and to bond with people in that way. Absolutely. Now, in your family, uh, I'm sure they don't want you to talk about about them a lot in the kitchen here, but uh, do they have this passion for food that you do, or are they like, Mommy, can we just go to the pizza shop, please? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so both. The answer is yes and yes. Um, we have this one thing I always say, like, I'm not an expert chef. Everyone likes to call me that. Like, you know, obviously food and cooking, of course. I'm not a chef, but what I am expert in is the fact that I love to eat. I really, really love food, and my husband's one of these as well, and my parents always say, like, like never, our kids never had a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we're all such good eaters in the house, and we really love food, and we actually love to be in the kitchen. My husband's a great cook. He taught me how to cook. My kids love to cook with me, and even so, and even though they say, you know, that I'm, quote, unquote, the best cooker in the world, um, they ask for their favorite night is pizza night. Favorite. <laughs> they love frozen pizza, and we always have at least one night a week. Usually, like most families, it's Thursday night when you're like prepping and cooking for Shabbos. Right. So. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, we want to talk about a couple of recipes that people can make in time for uh, the Shavuot holiday coming up. The Shavuot holiday is. Uh, Consider the dairy holiday, uh, and you know people can look up why that is. That's for another uh, another show, another time. Uh, but uh, there are a lot of dairy dishes, and uh, there's a limit to how much you can have in dairy and what you can do with dairy if you don't know. But you have two recipes that we wanted to mention in particular. Let's start off with the creamy ziti, which sounds like and looks like a delicious recipe. Oh, this is crazy good, and the reason why I thought to share it with you, it's one of our classic family recipes. You can find it in my first book, A Quick and Kosher Recipes from the Bride Who Knew Nothing, and then also online at joyofkosher.com. We happen to have over 6,000 recipes, so you can find Creamy Ziti and like 6,156 other recipes as well. <laughs> wow. So you can search for whatever you need. But um, so basically, this is one, I told you my husband taught me how to cook, and this was one of his family recipes. And we do it a little bit different. And there are a few tips that you really need to know in order to make a baked ziti. Because everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know baked ziti. Like, what do I need a recipe for that for? This one is like drop dead, like you're going to be in ziti heaven when you eat this. I have a few tips. And in case people don't feel like they have to run and get a pen and paper, because everything is online, like I said, with a video. And that's another great thing that we do. We have lots of cooking videos as well. So a lot of people are visual. And, like, you know, you want to see what it is and how to do it. So... A lot of people learn easily, more easy that way, so that's why we try to do as many videos as we can. But a few tips. When you're using doing uh, ziti, I use either a penne regatti, uh, which is um, noodle. You want to use a tubular ziti-shaped noodle, but something with grooves in it. When you use a flat noodle, that means, like, the sauce can't really get into the grooves of the noodle. So if you use something like a penne regatti or any shape that you like, but specifically get a noodle with grooves in it, then all the sauce and cheese and all that yummy goodness can, like, come, you know, more part of the pasta dish that you're making. That's, like, a big tip that I love to always share with people. Another one is sauce. Don't go cheap on the sauce. Dry patches in your ziti or a dry ziti is, like, no fun at all. So go put a little extra sauce. We mix our sauce with ricotta and mozzarella, shredded mozzarella. So that goes into the sauce. You mix that all up, and we spend time, I say we, because, like, again, my husband, and we make this together, and he taught me how to make it. We spend time making sure that we mix it really, really well into the pasta, because we don't want not only for it to be dry with too little sauce, we also want dry patches within your baked ziti. So make sure that you mix it really well. And I put a layer of sauce on the bottom before I mix all the sauce up with the pasta, and then put the pasta in a casserole dish. And then 
uh, another layer of sauce and cheese on top. So it's gooey and amazing, especially all of us, you know, like Jewish people here, we're cooking like crazy. We cook a lot in advance. Uh, whether we freeze or just keep it in the fridge for a day or two before young sit, then you're reheating it again. All that kind of like reheating and like back and forth in the fridge or freezer puts a sacred toll on your food. So you want to make sure it's a little extra sauce and so can sort of handle that and not dry out as you know, as it does the the dance back and forth from the black to the to the fridge <laughs> right. and back. You know that, what I'm saying? That sounds delicious. Now I'm going to show my total ignorance, but if besides the groovy noodles, so you're saying, and <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to even ask this, but uh, and my my wife is going to is going to shoot me for even saying this, but so you mean that you mix the cheese with the sauce before you put it on the noodles? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You no, 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 that's what, that's what I'm saying. And it's not, you're not asking about a question. A lot of people for a big ziti, this is what they do. They get noodles, they mix it up with sauce, put it in a casserole dish, and then put the mozzarella cheese well, on Well, let's back up a second. Easy. If I can, let's yeah. back up a second. They overcook the noodles to begin with, okay? Yes. First they cook the yes. noodles until they're soft and, and mushy as anything. Then they put in, right? Then they put in this, the, this liquid sauce, and then they throw yeah. the cheese in and somehow try to get it mixed up. Yeah, and let me tell you, you are really, you're not embarrassing your wife. You're making her look really good. Because I have to tell, that's my number one other tip that I forgot to share, is undercook the pasta slightly. You're about to kill this thing and put it back in the oven for like 45 minutes to an hour. No reason to cook it till it's done or even overcook it, God forbid. Then it goes in the oven. It's just like it has no more taste anymore. It's like right. a mush, you know? Right, of so it's very, very important. Undercook it by like a minute. Now, uh, besides your, your, everything on your website, as you mentioned, joyofkosher.com, you also have a magazine that uh, is available by subscription, uh, also called uh, Joy of Kosher, I believe, right? Am I correct? Yes, it's, yes, it's yeah. Joy of Kosher with Jamie Geller. If you go online, you can subscribe. And people often ask, like, you know, I wonder, I have the books, I have, you know, the, I have the website, what's different about the magazine? The magazine is very different. It's a lot more in-depth. It's step-by-step photos, it's how-tos, it's articles about keeping kosher in foreign places, it has aspects of travel, aspects um, of design and lifestyle, and for Shavuos, we did a whole tour of the flower market in Chelsea and did a whole thing on edible flowers and incredible recipes. It's got easy, practical recipes, and then sort of like gourmet, you know, sort of stepped up a notch recipes. We've got a salmon with hibiscus cream, and you know, really, it's like the ultimate, if you consider yourself a foodie or you want to be a foodie or you're just like every other woman and or man out there who's like cooking 100. I, I did the math, by the way, between all the Shabbos meals and all the insulin, we're cooking at least 130 major, major Yom style meals a year. Wow. So you, you really, if you want to step it up a notch, then the magazine Joy of Kosher is for you and you can subscribe online. I, I'm getting, uh, I'm, I'm gaining weight just looking at the cover of this uh, month's <laughs> magazine, the May-June issue, Cheesecake on the front and there's this, this mound of, of pancakes on, on here. Uh, is the magazine... Is cheesecake somebody, pancakes. Cheesecake pancakes. Cheesecake pancakes, by the uh, way. Yeah. Somebody uh, asked this, is the magazine available uh, for a subscription in Israel? Yes. It is, um, but it does take a little bit longer to get to you, and it does cost a little bit more. But uh-huh. absolutely, we ship to Israel, to Australia, to England, to South Africa. So it's available everywhere. There are different rates depending on where you live. And we're looking, looking, we're trying hard to be able to start printing it in Israel so that it can get to people both cheaper and quicker. But um, everyone here I know, like all of my neighbors and friends, that people subscribe here, and they love it. So, right, yeah. absolutely. Is it available online as a download of a downloadable subscription? 
We are actually looking into now creating an app, and hopefully very soon there will be online subscriptions available for everyone, and that really is the ultimate solution, so well, that's on its way. Once, uh, Jamie Geller is my guest this morning. Uh, once uh, you have this great meal for Shavuot with the ziti and whatever else is being added, I guess a salad and whatever else there is, you want to finish off with a traditional, if you will, dessert for uh, for Shavuot because you just haven't what had enough. <laughs> well, you, you just haven't had enough calories. You just haven't had enough dairy, but you want to get the uh, let's see, what is it called? The pièce de résistance? Is that the uh, way of saying it? Yes, that's exactly a, right, Mark. Your your Chocolate chip cheesecake. Say that three times fast. Say, I know, totally. I have to say, we're all dieting now, by the way, right? I mean, between Shabbos and the last day, I've got a cool, like, you know, three full days, right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, till the meal, to, like, eat light, right? So yes. that I can be ready for all of my sure. calories for Shavuot. Right, isn't that why there's the, the, the Shloshis Merak Bala is, uh, well, that's not, they didn't eat light then. So one other thing I wanted to mention before you go through this uh, recipe is that the prep time for many of your uh, recipes is relatively short. I mean, once you get all the ingredients yeah. and buy them in the store, it doesn't take that long to, to sit there and prep these great recipes. Well, that's the idea. I'm all, I always say, like, I'm the only cookbook author that wants to get you out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everything is like 10 to 15 minutes or less, and a lot of them less, 5 to 10 minutes of prep time. Wow. And that I call, like, active time. Of course, the cheesecake has to be in the oven for about an hour, but, you know, this recipe only takes only takes about 10 minutes. Okay, so what is so, this one? Um, what's special about this one? Okay, so what's special about it is that people try to do a lot with cheesecake. I think, you know, they, oh, every year we're always trying to outdo ourselves and what else can we put in and take it over the top. And I actually don't think it needs much. And I think, um, you know, I put, I do, first of all, I use whipped cream cheese for my cheesecake. So you don't have to sit there and let the cheese, like the cream cheese soften. Because then you have to have forethought about, like, oh, I want to make the recipe now, but my cream cheese is not room temperature yet. So if you use whipped cream cheese, boom, you don't even have to have any forethought right away. It's not softer and lighter, and you can, you know, get right into your cheesecake. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're supposed to let the cream cheese soften? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you are. So that is, if you get these blocks of cream cheese, you've got to let them soften, otherwise okay. they won't whip up. And, yeah. Great. So the whipped cream cheese takes care of that for you. This recipe has sugar, eggs, and vanilla and cream cheese. That is it. I really like recipes that are few ingredients. You don't need a lot of things, you know, to uh, make something taste good. And so it's really, really simple. You just whip it up and you pour it into I have a few ideas for you. And by the way, somebody emailed me once that my cream, my chocolate chip cheesecake didn't work for them. They put the chocolate chips in with the cream cheese and then whipped it all up together. It was like a disaster. So you're whipping up ah. the cream cheese, the sugar, the eggs, and a little vanilla, and then you fold in your chocolate chips. So ah, just remember okay. that part. Okay. And then what you can do here is you can do this crustless if you want to save some calories. Um, and you can use like cream, whipped cream, you know, light whipped cream cheese if you'd like also. Um, you can put this into a prepared pie shell, like a, a graham cracker pie crust. I like to use the chocolate one when I'm doing a chocolate chip cheesecake. And then a friend of mine, Amy Spiro, she's a writer for the uh, Jerusalem Post, and she actually happens to have um, a kosher baking blog as well. She takes, she makes individual cheesecake cupcakes. And what she does is she takes an Oreo cookie and she puts it in the bottom of the cupcake wrapper and then she pours her, you know, cheesecake batter on top in cupcakes. And this way the Oreo cookie is your crust. And I thought it was like perfect. I told her she's genius and I want to use it for my chocolate chip cheesecake this year. And this way you have these little individual, you know, chocolate chip cheesecake Oreo cookie cups. Very smart. That's another like fun idea for Shador. 
Excellent, excellent. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming to the end of the show. Uh, we could you know, spend a long time talking about all <laughs> different recipes and about what's going on. Uh, but everybody should check uh, check the joy of Co- not the joyofkosher.com is your website. Exactly. And we'll find yeah. out all the information. Uh, you can I think there were uh, you can get an email reminder when your new episodes uh, come on yeah. for uh, for the Joy of Kosher show, mm-hmm. and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again and having you join us on JM Sunday uh, later on this year. Well, let's see, what do we have after Shavuos? Is kind of a lull in uh, in the holidays until uh, until I guess uh, the Rosh Hashanah comes up. So. Uh, I'm happy to come back you know, when my new book comes we'll out that. right after the Yom Tovim. Uh, so. So that's what I was going to ask. That's coming up in time for Hanukkah? It'll be after all the Yom Tovim? Yeah, it'll be after the Yom Tovim and, yeah, in time for Hanukkah. Great. So that's so exactly what we're looking it'll at. It'll make a great Hanukkah present for everyone, and we look forward yeah. to speaking with you again. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day to you, and uh, happy Chag Shavuot to you. Coming Thank up to you, you and your see family. you as well in regards to your wife. Thank you. Thanks again. Jamie Geller here on JM Sunday. Thank you so much. Some great recipes. You can go to... At joyofkosher.com and uh, see uh, see all the recipes that are out there. Uh, there are thousands of recipes, so whatever you need, some simpler ones, some a uh, little bit more intricate, but uh, there are many, many out there. So we're going to go back to the music here on JM Sunday, 8.49 in the morning, a few minutes till we end up the show for this week. And uh, thanks for joining us. Here is Rabbi... Baruch Chait is a, a slow little nigun from Rabbi Baruch Chait on JM Sunday.
Thank you all for joining me this morning. Matis Weingast here with you every Sunday morning live on the stream, jmandtheam.org, nachamsegel.com. Nacham will be back tomorrow morning, God willing, 6 a.m., bright and early on uh, JM in the AM, 91.1 on the FM dial. With you, beginning the work week and the school week, coming up at 9 o'clock, after Jam and the Am, tomorrow, The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten on the stream. Coming up today, after this show, an encore presentation of The Book of Life with Charlie Harari. My thanks to Hannah Levy-Julian for the news from Israel, and my thanks to Jamie Geller for a wonderful interview and for joining me this morning to talk about her recipes and her life in Israel. Joyofkosher.com is her uh, web address. So thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Have a great Mother's Day. 
and a wonderful holiday of Shavuot coming up this week. We'll see you again next Sunday morning here on JM Sunday.